Hello and welcome to the We Are Habs podcast, the show that lifts the lid on some of the old girls and boys who, after leaving haberdashers, have made their mark on the world. I'm Elliot Gotkin, Meadows 87 to 94, as my uh, Meadows tie. I'm a journalist, master of ceremonies and creator and host of the FNTech podcast. And now I'm delighted to be joined by four generations of haberdashers, all from the same family. Uh, first up, we've got Clive Orton. He is a former chairman of the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. Uh, we have his niece, journalist and broadcaster Vanessa Feltz, her daughter, Allegra Benita, a tax lawyer and also now known as the Chala Mummy, uh, Mark Joss, Vanessa's son-in-law and a football interpreter, and Ziki, Allegra's son, who's just started in year three at Habs. Welcome, one and all. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's the very briefest of intros uh, for you, but perhaps uh, you can all just take a moment just to tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Um, Clive, perhaps uh, you'd like to kick things off? Sure. Well, I was at Haberdashers from 1950 to 1958. Uh, that was in the Old Star School in Westbier Road. In comparison with uh, the wonderful new facilities or which uh, children now enjoy, it, it was a very basic place. Nevertheless, the standard of education was uh, fantastic. It produced uh, uh, tremendous um, examination results and a lot of very famous alumni, uh, particularly I always think of Ian Britton, who was in my year, and uh, several others, Peter Oppenheimer, the uh, economist, and so many others. So it was an extremely successful school, and clearly the success didn't depend uh, on, the, on the facilities. Um, certainly seeing the sports facilities uh, now, um, which look uh, magnificent. Um, we had a really scruffy little swimming pool and a very small gym, but nevertheless uh, had uh, sports events, uh, team um, um, matches against other uh, schools, and the, the experience was very enjoyable, very fulfilling. Excellent. And uh, Vanessa? Well, I went to Haberdashers in 1973, and it was the last year um, at which the girls' school was in Acton. And I only went because I knew that in a year's time, the school would be moving and we'd be moving next door to the boys' school. And I knew that the coaches were mixed, and I was extremely excited at the prospect of getting together with quite a few boys on the High Barnet coach, which I subsequently did. So I was there for the last year of Acton, the first year of the Elysian fields of Elstree, that verdant paradise where the two schools were divided by a gate, just one gate. But if you had an unassailable personality, an indomitable drive, you could scale the gate, you could crawl under the gate, you could somehow squeeze through the gate. And that was my driving force through the whole thing. So I was there uh, from 1973 to 1979, and I ended up reading English literature at Trinity College, Cambridge. Certainly in my day, that gate was sometimes open, so it's quite easy just to, uh, to walk through, although you risked, of course, getting caught by, uh, by whoever was on, on duty. Right. Um, uh, Allegra? Uh, so my name's Allegra Benita. I was at Habs from 1991 uh, till 2004. I started in Red Prep, age five, with my sling purse, and I was allowed to have two 2p coins every day to purchase some delicious digestives every break time which were handed to us by the big girls and it was very very exciting and then I was there all the way through uh, until I was 18 uh, during which time I crossed the black gates a few times myself but as my uh, son is also on this podcast we won't go into the details um, and I read law at Magdalen College Cambridge before qualifying as a tax lawyer. In lovely and uh, Mark. Hello yes yeah, so I 
I'm Mark Joss. I was at Habs from 2000 until 2007. I was in Calvert's. Um, when I started, it, you know, as it was a very exciting new step, new school, uh, my parents thought it would be a good idea to give me a briefcase to take in. And um, when I arrived and looked around and saw 23 rucksacks and just one briefcase in the room, I realised that probably wasn't a good decision. But I did recover from that. I uh, really enjoyed my time at the school. Uh, the languages department set me up for, for my career. I'm a football translator and interpreter. And I, there's no chance I could have done it without the fantastic teachers I had at Habs. After that, I think I've actually still got um, two of my briefcases from Habs in my cupboard somewhere. I'm going to use them to store, you know, birthday cards going back the last 30 years or letters or something back in the day when we wrote letters. Um, I mean, it's really amazing to kind of get four generations uh, of you together. Um, is it, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy. We had to kind of, you know, uh, negotiate and kind of find the right time so that we could uh, adapt to everyone's timetables. Is it, um, I guess, pre-COVID, did you get together a lot? Are you kind of quite a close family? I guess anyone can uh, pick that one up. Yes, I think we're a very close, very close family. And that's why I'm devastated that you haven't yet asked for the opinion of my eminent grandson, Ezekiel Benita, who is the fourth generation of the family at the school. And I would like very much to hear what he thinks of it so far, because he's been there a full half term and therefore he'll be very knowledgeable on the subject. So I would like to know what Ezekiel Benita thinks of Haberdashers so far. You're absolutely right. I got too excited by talking about my briefcases. Are you, are you carrying a briefcase to school, Zika? No, no, I'm carrying a George's um, bag, um, red outlining, and I am really enjoying the school. Um, my best thing was finishing the donkey car and coming 53rd. <laughs> and I really like it, especially getting on the coach, finding my road stop, asking the drivers which is HH13 and which isn't. And altogether, it's really nice. That's great. What, what's your, do you have a favourite subject already? I really like my um, violin lessons over oh. at the music school and I have my violin in its case over there and it's Great, so we have a, a budding virtuoso uh, in, the, uh, in the family perhaps uh, for the future. Um, That's right. And, and uh, uh, Clive, you, I, I think I, I read that you were the, the captain of the rugby team. Was that your kind of uh, favourite thing? Obviously, you, 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 you know, succeeded uh, in, in a very kind of, uh, uh, I guess, my, difficult my, field. But... That was my only claim to fame at Haberdashers because there were so many very bright people. Um, I, the, the, as I say, some, some of them so incredibly bright that it made um, the rest of us feel quite stupid. And it wasn't really until I got to uh, a dental school and medical school and started getting good results there that I realised um, that, <laughs> that I had good academic um, achievements as well, but it, it just paled into insignificance. But um, the other thing, of course, was um, I'm very glad to hear that Zeke's enjoying it so much. When I first went to school, there were some masters who were absolutely terrifying. I went at the age of 10 and there was a science master bless him or not, um, who used to hold a tribunal. And if you failed, 
three of his questions and you never knew what he was going to ask you, then you got a detention. And this was very worrying for a, a, for a small boy going to a school of 700 old odd, odd pupils when all had been a, was at a little prep school before. It was very intimidating in the, in the first uh, few terms, I have to say. You emerged unscathed, though, it's uh, uh, one imagines. I mean, was it, uh, did you think that some of that kind of, uh, that, that discipline as well as the kind of academic rigor, I mean, that, that was obviously very important and the rugby, this, all, all of these various aspects uh, kind of helped you to go forward and achieve what you did? Well, yes, I mean, it's, it is a competitive atmosphere, isn't it, both academically and in other ways. And most boys are just striving to get on in one or another field. So, yes, that's what um, obviously pushed me forward. The other thing is there was a tremendous flexibility about um, what you could study and when you could study. And I, in fact, studied arts and subsequently science so that I could change tack and, uh, and, and do very different things um, after school from those that I'd imagined I was going to do while progressing through school. So it was, it was a very successful uh, academic environment, yeah. So, so that was like some of the details that uh, emerged. There's actually, they've got archivists at the boys and girls school, so they can actually go back and find mentions of your name or, or the records about uh, what you achieved at the school. So uh, uh, there were quite a few interesting things there. Um, uh, Vanessa, I know you said that uh, you were at the school back when it was in Acton. Um, and I think from the archives, we can see that you won the short story competition twice. Can you remember? Twice, yes, of course were? I can. Yes, I can. I can. I, my first story was about a gentleman who pretended he was employed, but actually he would sit, a middle-class gentleman who had a Chippendale sofa, I remember, and, and, uh, and, and would go and sit in the park every day um, and pretending to his wife that he was going out to work. It was extremely poignant and uh, beautifully written, though I say so myself. And I also won um, the Daily Mirror national short story competition, which was really good because, A, I got published, but B, I won a whole chunk of money for the school. So... I became universally beloved, and that was always quite good if your English teachers reckoned you. That was nice. Wonderful. And, and I think you also won the upper school debating uh, competition. Was that kind of <laughs> when you realised that kind of talking and kind of being on stage was, was for you? Yes, I've never stopped talking since. <laughs> never stopped talking since. I think that the subject of the debate was something about euthanasia. This house, you know, thinks euthanasia is a good idea or a bad idea. And I remember my debate started with the phrase, you will recall Leckie's poignant statement. Of course, nobody did, including me. And the other side were pulverised before I'd even started. So yeah, it was a nice cup as well, a good sized debating cup that I won. I'm really enjoying this. I've forgotten that I won that cup. That's really, I feel a lot better about myself now you told me that. Did you still have it somewhere or did it, did it stay at the school? Oh, God, where the hell is it? I really, I'd like to give it a good polish right now and have a good look at it. I must go and find it. It must be somewhere. I bought a teapot a few weeks ago. You can hand that over to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think all I've got is, is my ties and maybe a little chess trophy uh, uh, somewhere, start somewhere. Um, Allegra, I think you were also a debater and you acted in, in a couple of school plays. Uh, were you kind of subconsciously or consciously like following in your mother's footsteps? <laughs> I, I think I, I wanted to do the school plays because I know that Mum had enjoyed doing them so much herself. She was in a production of Oh, What a Lovely War, joined with the boys' school, and has lots of uh, fond memories about the time she spent doing that. So I was pleased to do some plays with the boys' school. I did one Spanish, <laughs> Spanish-speaking production of Bodas de Sangre by Lorca in the boys' school when I was a teenager, and that was 
excellent. Um, nobody could understand a word we were saying. The audience couldn't understand it either. But it was it was a good fun, um, good experience. But you haven't said the two things that I won at the school. Maybe they haven't appeared in the record. Oh, I must have uh, <laughs> I must have overlooked that. I do do beg your pardon. Tell, what what was your uh, yeah, claim to fame there? I won the uh, sketching of the St Catherine uh, stained glass window competition. Yay! Impressive. That was very important and needs to, needs to be on record. And the second thing I ran, also on St. Catherine's Day, was I was invited to go into one of the big girls' classrooms. I was only five. And I went over to a stand and it said, guess the weight of the cake. And there was this beautiful, large, fudgy, squishy, incredible looking chocolate cake. And I was only five. And I didn't really know what guessing the weight meant or what the right unit was or anything like that. So I just said a nice number, whatever it was, you know, 100 or something, and left and didn't think anything of it. And then at the end of the day, there was a knock on the door and the big girls came in holding this enormous chocolate <laughs> and said to Mrs. Smith, who was my teacher at the time, congratulations, Allegra, you're the winner of this chocolate <laughs> <laughs> little thing. They presented this giant chocolate cake to me. I guessed the weight correctly, and I staggered out of school to, to mum who was picking me up. But all she could see was a huge cake coming out of school with little legs and little green tunics sticking out underneath. And I won the cake and took it to my great great grandma Babs, with my grandma Valerie, my late grandma, for a delicious, wonderful, triumphant tea. So that's what I won at school. Much better. Yeah, that's that's the best thing of all. There's nothing nothing that beats cake. I'm just what do you think that your uh, your kind of intuition vis-a-vis -vis the cake was? Maybe that was the first kernel, if you'll forgive the pun, of uh, of your uh, kind of newfound career after being a tax lawyer as uh, as, a, as a baker of and and the halamami. Maybe, maybe I've never put the two together before, but I'm I'm willing to to have it as a working theory. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, I, I noticed you mentioned Lorca. I remember doing Spanish with her, Mr. Hurst at, uh, at Habs, and we did some Lorca. And uh, I think even those who actually spoke Spanish would struggle to understand exactly what he was saying half the time. At least that was my, my experience. But while we're on the subject of languages, that brings us nicely to, to Mark, because as you said, modern languages were, were your passion. Um, and, and, you've, uh, and you've kind of taken that, you know, uh, to, to kind of as, as your career. Yeah, I've been very lucky in terms of being able to combine two of my main passions into a career that I didn't know existed. And, and during my time at Habs, <clears throat> on the whole, it didn't exist. Um, but with the evolution of the Premier League, uh, Champions League, international players moving readily to different clubs and the whole mix of languages that that has brought about, uh, there has been a, a growing market for language specialists in the world of football uh, so that's what I've been doing for eight years now I translate football related content it could be books it could be website material social media content articles interviews uh, from the languages that I studied at Habs so that's French Spanish and Italian and also Portuguese which I brought in at university and I translate from those languages into English um, and I also get to interpret for footballers occasionally I'm an Arsenal fan uh, Arsenal doing pretty well at the moment so I'm not ashamed to mention that and um yeah sometimes I'm I get to work fan, with... so I should keep that quiet oh uh, well oh interestingly your your new manager uh, is someone I've, I've <laughs> never met him I've translated lots of his um interviews in the past from Italian into, into English and the Tottenham social media man not sure if you saw today 
uh, but they actually welcomed him and he's Italian, but they welcomed him by saying Bienvenido, which is instead of Benvenuto. Yeah. Instead of Benvenuto. And they got absolutely uh, annihilated on social media. So that just goes to show the, the importance of languages, even for yeah. a, London, a London club, try, trying to do something nice and friendly, but they got it so wrong that obviously they didn't have the right person uh, to do that job for them. So as an Arsenal fan, I've, it's been a particularly uh, enjoyable experience just soaking that in. Right. Wow. And, and I, I understand you're obviously you're married to uh, Vanessa's other daughter. Um, you didn't meet at, at Habs? Was this a kind of romance through the gates, maybe? No, there was no romance through the gates. Uh, Saskia was at the prep school, but she she left, um, I, th I think right, she was about six or seven. Vanessa can probably yes. give, give the correct age. Um, and then we met in our in our early 20s, nothing to do with Habs, but it was a lovely coincidence uh, that we had both been at Habs at different times. And obviously the fact that Allegra had been there for much longer and Vanessa as well and Clive. Um, and now Zeke's there. So we're all just absolutely thrilled for him. We, we'd love to see how, how much he's enjoying it. And um, yeah, and it, you know, it's, it's an honour to be part of a, a growing Habs family. Yeah, yeah. And Ziki, I mean, I appreciate you've only been there, uh, what, a few weeks now. And, um, but, uh, you know, you've got, you've got family members here who are working in football and languages, who are, you know, uh, pioneering uh, exploits in, in, the, in the fields of medicine and also in journalism and broadcasting. Do you, do you have any, uh, any uh, and obviously your, your mother as well, in-law and, uh, and, in, and now in baking as well. Do you, do you have any, um, do, do you know what you want to do when, you get, when, you're, when you're older? Not really. <laughs> yeah, a bit like, what kinds of things are you interested in? Are you really interested in? Lego. I really like Lego. <laughs> <laughs> An architect, maybe. I really like how things, if you help things fold out, and 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 I um and above all, I really like books. I really like reading, and um, I really like reading. In I read in bed. I read. I don't really read on the coach because that makes me feel sick. But I would like if I could. So he's a he's a member of the book club now. Yeah. I was delighted to see that they stopped all twelve of the Arthur Ransom Swallows and Amazon series, and he's been the first one to check out book number nine, which has been sitting there in the prep library waiting for someone to check it out. And now he's uh, he's the first one. So he's very proud. Hooray! <laughs> Can I can I can I show you something which I probably ought to give to Ziki because the um, one of the mementos I have from my school days is I still have my prefect's cap which I've kept wow. with of course there's server of bay on it I haven't actually put it on so <laughs> it's just it's just gone on for the first time in sixty three years um, but maybe Ziki would like to have it all ready for when they make him a prefect how about that. Thank you. Did, did, you actually all had to wear those when you were pre, only the prefects oh, well, wore those? Well, this was for sort of um, high days and holy days <laughs> and for, and, and for um, you, you know, the, the assembly, but you didn't go around wearing it, actually. But there it is, and I've kept it all these years. <laughs> Hands up, who else was a prefect? Not me. 
I don't think I ever made it. I was also suspended from school um, while while a prefect, but that's a different story. (laughs) That sounds like a story we need to hear, uh, Clive. Yeah, what did you do? Um, There was a a particular master who uh, I found very tedious, uh, very boring, and um, I I, I felt obliged to tell him on one occasion. uh, so, So I was suspended for for two weeks, the exams were coming up. They didn't inform my parents, neither did I. I would go to school every morning as if, but I would go and sit on Hampstead Heath with my revision books and uh, do my work. So um, nobody ever knew, but I was suspended for two weeks for insulting wow. this extremely boring teacher. So as I say, when I first went, there were one or two teachers who were quite deliberately intimidating, I'm sure. And um, by the time I grew, um, and uh, developed a, some spines of my own. Um, I got my own back before I finally left. Oh, wow, that's uh, that's quite a. Is this the first time you're publicly uh, sharing this knowledge? I'm just yeah. wondering. If, uh... um, I'm, yes, my 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 friends do know. I uh, I lunch with some some other old boys. <laughs> they all know the story. Uh, Vanessa, uh, although you, you obviously, you know, uh, great achievements in the world of, of broadcasting and, and journalism and, and everything you. else, uh, I can't imagine that you didn't get into trouble at Habs as well, ever. I was, I was in terrible trouble. I was in terrible trouble for snogging. That was my, that was my sin. And actually, it still is. I was never, I never reformed. It's still, it's still my favourite sin. But I would just like to say one thing. Clive was able to show his prefect's cap, which I can't do because I was never a prefect. But what I could do is sing you a verse of the school Carmen. And I think Allegra, Carmen Carminis, song. And I think Allegra probably knows it too. Do you, darling? I do, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you sing it. <laughs> I think we might, we might just do the first couple of lines. Achaj daim shalosh. Mate nostra quai securat davas ide filias. Kuyu stabilis virtute. We wimus communi. Toss everybody join in to Ferelli's nose. Dionys, Bachum, Clausum, Seminis. Come on, not bad after all those years. What do you think? That's really wonderful. That, uh, Thank you. I'm doing that. Round I'm wondering if Mark, or I don't know if they were doing it in your in your day, Clive. Maybe Mark, and we, we can do a, a verse of Jerusalem. I don't, I don't know. That feels appropriate. school him. He to be a pilgrim, wasn't it? Right. Who would valiant be? I, I don't remember something all disaster. <laughs> something, something. Yeah, happy memories in Cornwall. By John Bunyan. By John Bunyan. The against all disaster. That's how it started. Let him with constancy follow the master. master. There's no discouragement. Shall make him once relent his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. I remember, I think it was one, on one, one occasion in the assembly when I was, I was there, 87 to 94, I remember the sixth formers, they, they, they changed the lyrics to Jerusalem about not having a sixth form car park. Something about, and was a sixth form car park builded there? And they all shouted out, no. I think there was a lot of detentions uh, <laughs> okay. after that. Uh, Allegra, you were a kind of a model model student. Were you getting in trouble like your mother or or your uncle? Yeah, for similar similar reasons. <laughs> at, the, at the time, I had a boyfriend, 
um, and uh, made a frequent hops upon EasyJet to Madrid. Um, sometimes when my mum knew about it, sometimes when she didn't, but often when I was supposed to be in school. So uh, yes, I did. I got in similar trouble. Less boyfriend, more studying. That was my. Uh, that was the mm. the refrain being uttered by, especially Monsieur Bardou Senior, who was threatening mm. to give me many mauvais points if I did not turn up at the French lessons instead of going away to Spain. He said if I didn't go come, if I didn't pay attention, I wouldn't get into Cambridge. But anyway, I did. So uh, there we go. Excellent. Uh, and Mark, uh, you just focus on the football and the languages, or were you uh, kind of more restrained than? Uh, your... Yeah, I think I, I let my rebellious streak out at primary school very briefly. And um, yeah, by the time I got to Habs, I, I had such a long way back after walking in with a briefcase that I, I couldn't really risk making too much trouble. Um, and I yeah, kept my head down. I, I had a, I made a lot of friends um, and still am close with lots of the, the boys I met, um, even the ones in my in my form back when I started. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any any rebellious tales of uh, sneaking through the gates to uh, to pursue the love of my life because yeah, uh, she came around later on and uh, she wasn't involved. <laughs> and uh, given your, you said one of your passions was football. Were you, were you quite involved in the in the football team uh, there? I think it was only like after a few years you could play football instead of rugby, at least in my day. Exactly. Yeah. So there there was no football apart from in the playground until year eleven. And um, while I was good at languages and loved playing football. I was never that good. Um, I did have one one great moment where I managed to score a lob in a, I think a game against the teachers, uh, sort of a surprise game during the year, but I, I was never sort of first 11 for the football team. And by that point, my my language studying was getting quite serious. And uh, yeah, the sport, sport was just a, a few hours here and there, but it, it never became a, uh, a serious thing as an active participant. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's so much that, you know, I'm sure we've all, you know, gone down our own paths from, and, and our experiences at Haberdashers were, were a very big part of that. Um, how, how do you think things have changed um, over the years? We've got like however many generations here, um, four generations. Uh, I mean, obviously, the location's changed. I'd imagine that the kind of discipline has changed as well, um, uh, Clive, in the way that they, uh, they go about doing things um, and, and the way that they... The teachers interact with the with the students. Um, can can perhaps you give us a sense of, of, of the way you feel things have changed and, and what's kind of how things have improved um, over the years from from the way they were? I think what in the fifties when you were there, Clive. Yeah, well, I'm sure the, the discipline and the speaking <laughs> class um, was much more rigid, and and uh, but, but we were more independent in some ways. For example, um, Wednesday afternoon was a sports afternoon. At the end of lessons, you dash in, get some lunch, um, rush out of the, um, uh, the the school, and it was about um, half a mile, maybe a bit less, to the uh, uh, to Way, where you would catch a London transport bus to Mill Hill, and then you'd walk up the hill to Chase Farm, where the um, where, where the sports ground was, and uh, and you'd play whatever you know, rugby or cricket or whatever the time uh, of the year was. There was no question of being put on a bus and being taken. There was no question of being supervised to see we were all right, that none of us got stolen on the way or fell under a bus or a lorry. We just got on and did it. And uh, so we were very much more independent, very much less cosseted in some ways. And, um, and as I say, um, 
the discipline was discipline was tough if you spoke out if you um if you didn't do the right thing at the right time or bring your homework in or whatever you got a detention there was no nice chat about it um it was yes it was it was it was rigid it was uh, but we were used to it it was not it was, it was normal at the time and Vanessa, when you went, I mean, I know you think you were in Acton, was it just the one year before they, they moved to, uh, yes. to Earl Street? Was there like a, obviously the location was, was very different and the facilities were very different. Was there a kind of a whole change in atmosphere as well? Or was like, you know, they managed to kind of transplant the, uh, the ethos and the, 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 the soul, if you like, of Habs to, uh, to, to, to Earl Street? Well, I felt that it changed enormously. And, and I agree with what Clive said. We used to play lacrosse in a field somewhere in deepest, darkest, Acton, I've obviously no idea how we ever found it, but and we always had cookery on the same day. So we used to have these enormous, huge tins of rock cakes or something, plus your school bag, plus your sports bag, plus your lacrosse stick, plus your school hat. We used to have these velour uh, winter school hats, plus an enormous raincoat. And then you'd have to schlep the, the cake and the stick and your coat and yourself, and I was, well, I think, 10 or something, 10 or 11, um, to this field, God knows how, under your own steam. He's absolutely right. Um, a great deal more independence very rigid discipline, fairly humorless, actually, the whole place was. But when we got to Elstree and we were next to the boys and we had all that fresh air and the verdure and the groves of academe and all of that, I think everybody cheered up and enormously. And also, I think the school had to up its academic game. I think the girls' school's performance improved hugely when we had the boys' school to compete with. Right. And then obviously you sent both of your daughters there to... Uh, to begin with, I think uh, uh, Mark says that Saskia was there just for the prep school. Is that right? That's right. Yes, yes, I sent both of them um, because I had I had enjoyed it enormously, and I always thought it was a you know a varied and interesting experience. And I um, you know I had adored the Latin, and I had adored the acting, and I had adored the library, and I had adored the boys next door, and I always thought it was a very wholesome mixture of excitement and uh, and adventure, and that's why I sent them there. And Allegra, when it came to uh, sending Ziki uh, somewhere, you it was like. Didn't even have to think about it. Didn't even have to think about it. We had to hope a lot, and uh, we had to uh, to chat to Ziki and, and think it was the right fit for him. But we were so delighted when he was given the chance and given one of the, the coveted spots at Seven Plus to be able to enter into Habs. Uh, not only to continue the family tradition, but because of all the um, incredible, marvelous opportunities that they have uh, for the boys and for the girls at Haberdashers. And um, you asked about how things have changed um, I think from what I can see so far as a parent from what the experience Ziki is having that the focus on pastoral care and well-being is vastly vastly improved um, from when I was there so there is a, a big um, push to make sure that the, the boys are happy and settled and comfortable even before uh, their academics or their sports or their other pursuits and I think they're absolutely right if the boys are happy and comfortable and settled then they're much more likely to uh, proceed and do well and, and gain all the gains much as they can. But they have forest school, they're outdoors mm. and they're building, they're doing woodworking and having hot chocolate and marshmallows and gadding about. They change their shoes several times a day. He's still got an incredibly heavy bag to cart about with all of his, he's got an iPad that he has um, from his school iPad. He has to have a mobile phone for using on, just use strictly on the coach to make sure we know where he is and let us know if he's late. Um, but the values about being independent, doing things for yourself, uh, learning where your place is in the world and how to contribute positively to it and make friends and colleagues and to do your best and try your hardest, that is still very much there. And I hope that that will be the sound well for, for what life has to bring for him. 
Yeah, the funny thing is now is that the, the headmaster of the senior school, the, the boys' school, was my friend at school. Like we sat next to each other in class, Gus Locke. It's just oh. really strange to think that the headmaster oh. of Haberdashers was my mate at school. Um, and, and Mark, you, you're, I, I don't know, what, what's your, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, you're, you're obviously, um, perhaps when, when you kind of became part of the extended family, maybe you kind of absorbed some, some additional uh, kind of uh, Habs, uh, Habsiness. Is, is this somewhere that you kind of just, would also share those those views that this is a place where you would want to send or being well like your your kids yeah it would be it would be fantastic it's early days i've, I've got a two-year-old so he's he's not quite there yet uh, <laughs> but he's he's very smart i'm sure he'd do really well at hubs um and yeah from seeing seeing zeke's experience obviously that the technology you know no surprise even you know i only left only 14 years ago but you know we, we had a couple of I, it rooms with um you know large slow computers i think during my time they did improve they did then get some uh faster ones towards the end i think possibly when we were in sixth form but obviously now with ipads and the rest of it i'm sure that's that's reached a new level and some of the facilities at the school have obviously improved um you know when we were there the the boys swimming pool was was okay but it was it was getting on a bit and uh, i've seen that when i was back i think a few a few years ago uh, seeing the new swimming complex, uh, you know, basically an Olympic swimming pool, I think uh, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic to see that you know the schools, uh, boys' school, girls' school, prep school, senior school, that they're constantly making improvements and, uh, and, they, and they've got lots of ideas to make the overall experience better for for the kids, the students, the teachers, the parents, for everyone involved. It's fantastic. Well, I can imagine how we've been with that, a pool like that. Seeing like water polo was my main thing, so uh, uh, um, playing for for, for Habs, and uh, so uh, that was uh, Mr. Hyde. Uh, I think uh, uh, since since no longer there, but uh, but yeah, it would have been amazing. Um, I know that time is getting upon us, is is getting away from us. So uh, perhaps I just want to kind of maybe get towards final questions. Uh, you know, you've obviously different levels of uh, experiences of Habs, and and you know how it impacted your life. What, what advice would you? all give uh, to people either there now, or perhaps students who are there right now, um, have got whether it's, let's say, mainstream ambitions or ambitions to go their own way into fields that perhaps are not so, um, so uh, uh, guess, regular. Um, you know, what, what, would you, what would you give, what advice would you uh, give to someone now, uh, you know, looking ahead to the future? Uh, Clive, perhaps we'll start with you. Well, I think the possibilities are fantastic. I mean, um, it's interesting to hear the word pastoral care. That wouldn't have been used in my day, but they did look after us. I mean, we weren't abused, you know, we were made to work hard. Uh, the one thing it, I definitely got out of it, apart from friendship and an interest in sport and so on, despite not having those facilities, was an ability to learn how to sit down and do an exam. And I amassed a lot of dental and medical and postgraduate degrees, and it enabled me to do some very unusual microsurgery uh, at the end of the day. So I owe that to the education I got, owe that to haberdashers. And uh, with the enhanced facilities and with the more modern attitudes, our teachers were never our, our friends. They were uh, uh, beings with a great deal of uh, authority way above us. But I think of, um, I'm sure it's a wonderful environment and uh, um, has improved enormously over the years. So it's, it's a great place to go and encourage anybody to get get in to, to, to go to abs. Uh, um, Vanessa, uh, obviously I guess it wasn't a, like a, a traditional path to kind of go into broadcasting and and, uh, and and journalism, although, you know, there are other 
people uh, who have gone down that route. Uh, what would you advise to um, to you know students there at Habs today who are maybe looking to follow in your footsteps or do something similar? I would say just immerse yourself in absolutely everything going on at the school, debating. Um, um, acting, singing, um, and, 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 you know, keep your head down and, and concentrate because just as Clive said, when he left the school, he realised that actually he was an absolute academic humdinger. But at Haberdashers, it hadn't been nearly as obvious because there were so many other bright sparks that you didn't realise how, how, you know, how your light was going to shine undimmed the moment you left the place. And I think Allegra found that too. When she got to Cambridge, um, she found that they were utterly dazzled by her haberdasher's sick form essays that they, you know, they, were, they, they thought they were absolutely extraordinary. And I, I had a very similar experience. So I think, you know, do not find your confidence knocked if you're not top of the class, because the moment you leave, you will be. Allegra? Yeah, I, th I think if you have the opportunity to go just to try everything, even if you don't think it's necessarily what you're suited to, even if you're a little bit shy or a little bit scared or you don't know anyone else who does it, you know, have a go at the fencing, have a go at the, Zeke um, <coughs> is doing, was it animation club? Zeke's doing animation club, you know, having a go. He's, he has on offer more than 100 different choices of lunchtime and after school clubs just for the year three boys alone. So try the chess, you know, try the parkour, try the magic show, turn hammer up to beads. hammer beads, try, you know, go to the fireworks night, you know, make friends yeah, yeah. and just to try all of the incredible opportunities because you will realize later on when you leave and when you meet other people who went who had went to other schools and didn't have anywhere near the type of education that you did, just how lucky you are to have the chance and the choice to have all of a go at so many things. And then you'll find what your, where your talents are and where they lie. And, and that's the mm -hmm. best part. Haberdashers gives you the chance to find out all the great things that you're really good at and work out who you want to be. So take, take advantage of the opportunities and then you'll see your star just shine. And Mark? Yes, similar thoughts for sure. I think um, you know, the skills you can learn at Habs actively and passively will serve you well for life. Uh, socially, professionally, um, depending on the different interests you have, but you know that there, there are all sorts of ways to better yourself, challenge yourself. Um, you know, every day, every student is going to learn many new things, <clears throat> and you never know when they'll be useful. You know, when I when I was in year seven, learning vocabulary lists, uh, I never imagined how useful they would be. Come uh, come the point where I actually needed to work out my career. And um, the fact that the teachers were so inspirational and um, encouraged us to work hard, uh, you know, that, that's a huge, a huge part of it. And uh, the other thing I'd say is sort of the, the network that you develop at Habs um, is just invaluable. I'm, I'm close with lots of people um, from my time at Habs in my year group and in other year groups as well. Actually, one of my earliest job opportunities came about uh, via somebody who was two years above me but also was excellent at languages, Hugo Sekomaka. Um, and that opportunity wouldn't have come about if if we hadn't had that uh, languages set up at Habs where people with the same passions were brought together also in different year groups. And that's, that sort of little thing can just be life-changing. So take all the opportunities and keep an open mind. And Zeke, now you're an old timer at uh, Habs. Um, what would you say to anybody who's going to be joining the school? What advice would you give them? I'd say keep going, develop your um, your 
sense of direction in one, two, three, <laughs> where are you at Forest School? Um, have a go at have a go at um, playing, for example, the clarinet. Have a go at at staying on the right string on the violin. Um, have a go at getting on the coach and and just sitting there and chatting to your friends. And one of the key things is friends. You don't have friends, you're just walking about. And I I develop friends very quickly. And <laughs> always just look for friends. If you don't look for friends, you won't have friends unless they come to you, which would be... <laughs> <laughs> later, but keep on trying to to just go out there, find friends, um, dive into the forest, um, and um, learn learn how to read music, um, get um, get on the coach and learn your route. Do um, all different kinds of things. Wow, that's very that's, good advice. Thank you. That's uh, that's wonderful. I don't know if we've just got like just two minutes. I've got these kind of like very quick fire things just that we're doing with everyone. If kind of we can just kind of rattle through these, and then we'll kind of wrap things uh, up. Okay. Um, just to remember, which I know that you've sent kind of written responses to a lot of these. Uh, so we'll just go kind of uh, Clive, then Vanessa, then Allegra, Mark, and uh, and Ziki. So uh, what year did you leave the school, Clive? Right in here. The year you left the school? 58. Vanessa? 79. Allegra? 2004. Mark? 2007. Okay, Ziki, I'm not asking you this one because you haven't left the school yet. Uh, did you enjoy your time there, uh, Clive? Yes, very much. Vanessa? Enormously. Allegra? Hugely. Mark? Massively. It's just an exercise in finding different adjectives. Uh, who was head of the school when you were at Habs, uh, Clive? Uh, the headmaster was Dr. Yes. C.W. Taylor. Okay. Uh, Vanessa? Mrs. Wiltshire, Sheila Wiltshire. Allegra? Uh, Mrs. Penelope Penny, Penny Penny. <laughs> Mark? Uh, Peter Hamilton. And uh, Ziki, who's your headmaster? Um, Mr. Ross. Uh, your favourite teacher, what do they teach, uh, Clive? Oh, um, um, Otto Pask, who was a language teacher. Delightful character. Vanessa? Mrs Smith, she was an English teacher and she rode a motorbike. Wow. Allegra? Uh, Mrs Ros Battersby, Latin. She used to dance a conga around the room saying, a bam, bass, bat, along the Spartan's band. And we've never, never forgotten it. Wow, amazing names these teachers had, Mark. <laughs> Uh, if I had to choose one, it would be Mrs. Gomez, my first French and Spanish teacher. Uh, Ziki, do you already have a favourite teacher? My form teacher. Mrs. Ruth Green, my form teacher. Lovely. And uh, I think, uh, uh, Clive, did you, what, was there, there was no girls' school back in your day, was there? Was there a school next no, Absolutely not. <laughs> 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 Very then, much then, a single <laughs> sex school, I'm afraid. <laughs> Okay, this next question was, did you interact much with the students at the other school? Vanessa, I think you've already given us the answer. As, 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 <laughs> as much, much as possible, as much as I possibly could. 
<laughs> Allegra? Too much. Mark? Not enough. <laughs> Clive, uh, did you uh, keep in touch with uh, many old schoolmates? Um, well, they're not all alive now. I have two very close friends I meet on a regular basis, COVID allowing. Okay. And Vanessa? Yeah, same answer. I've got two very close uh, girlfriends from school, but also I often bump into David Baddiel, who was at Haberdashers uh, quite near my time, and also, of course, Sasha Baron Cohen, Ali G. And I was in the uh, Old War in 1976 with Sasha Baron Cohen's cousin, um, uh, Simon Baron Cohen, who is the world expert on autism. Wow. I sat next to Sasha on the coach to school. He was in the sixth form, I was in the first mm, year. Mm. Uh, Allegra. Yes, I do. I have uh, two very close friends. Uh, one is a, a senior diplomat um, for MI6. Uh, one of them is a lady vicar and uh, extremely philosophical and wonderful lady. And of course, the wonderful Mrs. Sarah Wright was in my class at school from when I was about six and is now a principal deputy head or something absolutely dazzling like that. Just the most marvellous lady as well. So I had the privilege of knowing her from a very young age. Wonderful. And uh, Mark? Yeah, luckily... To, yeah, luckily I can say yeah, quite a few. Um, I was best man for one. Um, one of my best men was a Habs boy. Um, yeah, lots of lots of colleagues as well as friends. Um, you know, there's yeah, one I mentioned earlier, and uh, also get to play five-a-side football with lots of Habs boys on a regular basis. Very good. Uh, well, Ziki, I know you're obviously uh, still keeping in touch with all of your friends, uh, so I'm going to skip you politely. Uh, uh, for that one. Just finally, um, uh, any recent accomplishments um, that uh, you can share, um, uh, Clive? Um, not, so, not so much recently. I appreciate recent, you have a lot. Well, kind of... well retired. <laughs> but, in, but in my active professional days, I established a microsurgical unit in Manchester, which um, uh, did a lot of replantation surgery, did a lot of um, um, innovative surgery and reconstruction. So that's really what my professional life was about. And uh, Vanessa? Well, I just got record radars for the breakfast show at BBC Radio London. We had about two short of a million listeners, pretty good for local radio and doing well on about three million on Radio 2. So, yeah. Pretty good. And uh, Allegra? Uh, so uh, after a brief hiatus from my career as a tax lawyer so that I could bring up my two uh, beautiful children. I've now returned to the law as a visiting lecturer um, for the University of Law. Excellent. And uh, Mark? Yeah, for the last year I've been doing uh, simultaneous interpreting for Paris Saint-Germain um, for their pre-match press conferences, which is quite a big deal. So if anyone's tuning in tomorrow, you don't get to hear my voice, but you get to read my English captions for anything on the PSG <laughs> website. And, and Pochettino doesn't, doesn't, he's not worried that you're an Arsenal fan. Well, he should be, but he doesn't know. <laughs> um, Ziki, can you um, share something, you, like a recent achievement? I got into Hams in January. That's, that's a pretty big one, and I think that's an excellent one to end on. Um, so, wow, I, I, I wasn't quite sure how this was going to go, um, but I really want to thank all of you, four generations of old Habs boys and girls, uh, joining us uh, on the podcast, of course, uh, Clive Orton, Vanessa Feltz, Allegra uh, Benita, Mark Joss and uh, Ziki uh, Benita as well. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate you joining us on the We Are Habs podcast. Thank you.
And if you'd like to know more about our guests or the school, please visit www.habsboys.org.uk, habsgirls.org.uk or gotkin.com. You can follow us on your favourite social media at Habs or at Elliot Gotkin or at eGotkin. We'll be back again uh, next time with another celebrated old haberdasher or maybe more. We do hope you'll be able to join us again then. Bye-bye.